0: April, and we're here again today with Tony to do a little talk about our pets and also to get Veronica some questions that you've sent in. Well, I have to say, it's been a wonderful week since the last time we did our radio show. As you all know, the Guinness was pretty sick. He had that severe bladder infection. Well, he's coming to the end of his meds, I mean the um, antibiotics, he's not drinking so much, and he is starting to eat again. He even went back to the dog food. And yesterday, the canned dog food, he wouldn't eat chicken, if you can believe that. He wouldn't eat ground lamb, if you can believe that, Out of my hand. But he would, yesterday, eat, he ate almost over a a whole can of his regular canned dog food, the Evinger Senior. And he wouldn't do that a couple weeks ago, so... I don't care what he's eating as long as he's eating it. Um, it's really important for him to gain a couple pounds back because he had lost two or three pounds since September, and the doctor was worried about it. So he said, make sure you get food down him. So it's been a struggle, but it, he's coming around. And what I am adding to it, and I know I shouldn't, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. I'm sprinkling a little bit of... Um, Mozzarella cheese on top. It's working like a charm. And it's just like, you know, it's like a pinch. And it's just like sprinkles on ice cream. (laughs) And he's eating it. And this morning, he ate two-thirds of a can for breakfast with a little sprinkle of mozzarella. So I am hopeful because his meds end in about four days. And then the doctor wants to wait two weeks to see how it all settles out, I guess. And then he wants to test him again to see if we have got rid of the bladder infection and to see if there's anything else going on, again, um, to remedy. But the doctor thinks it is, you know, it was the um, bladder infection that caused him to have such a problem. And I was thrilled because, remember, I told you all, no renal failure, no, no diabetes. All the things that I was terrified of taking him in didn't happen. So I'm hoping for the best. He's got a little bit of a spring in his step today, and of course, and if he's telling off the cats or disciplining the cats, he's feeling good. And he did quite a bit of that this morning. They they had the audacity to lay in his bed when he went up to get his breakfast. So he went in and shoot everybody off his bed, yelled at them, gave them a lecture, and <laughs> he's Guinness. He's back. And I also have Miss Marple. It was a monumental day yesterday. Miss Marples has, we don't really know how old she is. The doctors think she's at least 12. But when I took, got her from the shelter, they also said she had cancer, blah, blah, blah. Doesn't have any of that. But what she does have, she has very long legs for a chihuahua. She's some kind of a mix. So she has a hard time managing those legs. And if her t- and if you touch her feet, she's a boot. You know, she don't like to touching her feet. I don't know what experiences she had before she got to me, but I'm honoring her. Don't touch that, you know, statement. So I've been taking I've been taking the other two little munchkins to this particular groomer who does their nails for me. Now they're very short haired, and I can wash them myself and everything. But I'm always a little afraid to do the nails because I've had an incident once where I cut a nail too short and blood everywhere <laughs> because I cut it too short. And they all of them have black toenails, so you don't know where the quick is. So I would just rather pay somebody 10 bucks a dog to do it so I won't have any issues. So yesterday, you know, we've been trying to get everybody there, and I took Miss Marple, put her vest on her, got her all trusted up, because you can't trust her any farther than you can see her. She's a runner. So I, had to, I held her tight. We went to the groomers, and they clipped her toenails. She was a good girl throughout the whole thing. She complained a little at first, but she calmed down. (coughs) So I said, okay, you were a good girl. We're going to go. I'm going to go get a Starbucks. And I ordered her a pup cup, which is, as anybody who's a dog owner knows, it's a little teeny cup of whipped cream for your dog." I brought it back out to the car and I put it in front of her and she looked at me like, "What poison is this? Are you trying to?" Po-? I mean, she was just like, "Not doing it, not touching it. I don't know what that crap is. I'm not doing it." And I said, "Sweetie, this is just right up there with the treats. Same thing. You didn't like the treats either, but you found yep. out you did." She says, "No, nope, no, nope, I'm not doing it." And she said, and she buried her head down in the little blanket that I had on her bed and she was like, "Not doing it. Can't make me." I'm like, "Okay." And then it dawned on me before I started the car, maybe if I put a little dab on her nose, she'll lick it and figure out that it tastes good, maybe. So I caught her off guard. I had like a finger full of whipped cream, and I just dabbed it on the top of her nose, and I watched her. Now, the first thing she does, you know, a dog will start to lick. And she, the look on her face when her tongue hit the whipped cream was priceless. Her eyes got really wide, and she looked at me, and then she kept licking and licking. And she was licking her face, her little snout so much that she was trying to get every little morsel. And then she comes over and leans over the console of the car and, like, barks at me. I said, oh, you decided that I'm not poisoning you. Barks again. I said, well, here it is right here. Let me put Let me hold it for you. And she ate the whole thing. Her little face was enjoying us, She was happy. She's looking at me like, I can't believe how good this is. I said, well, it's a pup cup. It's a little bit of whipped cream for good puppies. She ate the whole thing, and then she insisted after that, and she's never done this before. She crawled across the console and wanted to sit in my lap on the way home. I have to tell you, it was the best morning I've had in a while. Her And she like, you know, snuggled in on my lap. She's happy. And I don't know what this little puppy's history was, but She's got terrible teeth. She's got these walkie back legs, so she has a hard time maneuvering herself and managing these. They're like twice as long as normal legs would be. I mean, So I think she's part greyhound or something. And she is settling in. She is starting to realize, hey, cookies, I'm included in that. So when I give out Teresa's stuff, she's now standing in line. Rather than laying on her bed and kind of looking at me suspiciously, she is now coming to me and she's also playing a little bit. She found a cat toy and she was playing, she was rolling it back and forth with her, with her snout. She'd roll it one way and then she'd run down to the other side and roll it back. She must have done that for a half hour or so yesterday. So, mission accomplished. A dog that was at the end of her rope not feeling good. Everyone said she has cancer. Let's put her down and here she is. Oh, and you can hear her in the background. She's speaking up for herself, yes, would you please go lay down? Thank you, go lay down. thank you. We're doing keep We're doing a radio show. You gotta be quiet, so anyway, I am thrilled out of my mind that she's doing better and that she's learning what it's like to be a dog., <laughs> what dog doesn't know about pop cups and what dog doesn't know about you know a cookie? She didn't know about that either, so it's been wonderful kind of opening up a world that she didn't know about. And the look on her face is priceless. Every time I do something, you know, that's just normal to me, she's like, wow. So, Tony, how is everybody yeah. over there?
1: Everyone is great. Um, knock on wood, we're all doing fine. Um, you know, I, we're healthy. We're going to the dog park. Of course, we didn't go today raining but um yeah we're all good oh. oh that's wonderful i know i know i i mm-hmm. love i love this time of calmness cuz we always yeah. know some, somewhere will erupt but for <laughs> right now <laughs> right now we're happy we're moving along and everyone is healthy oh i'm
0: so glad to hear that you know, oh, our good. dogs and our cats, they give us such joy. Uh, oh, I know. The world could be falling apart, and I don't care because I'm over here with with my babies, you know, and everybody's good. And, well, again, it's still kicking.
1: I know. I know. Great. I do want to tell your audience about a little thing I'm not sure if they're aware of. But I came down with bronchitis a couple of weeks ago. And there was no reason for it, truthfully. But changing the cat litter, which I've been doing for like a year and a half, is so full of lots of ammonia, so strong. And that day, I must have inhaled or whatever, but I could feel ammonia go up my nose, down my throat. And, yeah. yeah. And it was like I went to the ER probably three days later because my chest was tight. They put me on medication. Mm -hmm. I went for a follow-up yesterday with my doctor, and I explained to her where I thought I got bronchitis. And my doctor said to me, I cannot tell you how many cases I have had of exactly what you described from cat litter and the strong Interesting. And so I wasn't losing my mind. It did come from that. So I like to tell everybody be careful, wear a mask. If the ammonia is strong, you know, or you get sick, don't rule that out. That's my advice. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I found a new cat litter, um, which is working, has no ammonia in it, but it's working. Wonderful so far. So just oh, be careful. Yeah. Just be careful oh, when you
0: Well, you know me. it's the cat litter central. Over here. I, know. I yeah.
1: know. So you can get sick from the ammonia. Just yes. FYI.
0: Okay, I'll keep that in mind. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I'm going to go get Veronica. And- okay. It's your turn to shuffle off to Buffalo. It's that that section of the show.
1: All right. Well, I'm on my way to Buffalo. Hello, everyone, (laughs) and welcome to the show today. And, uh, yes, wear a mask if the ammonia is strong in your cat litter, really. Um, Got some great questions. I encourage you to write in to innerwhispersradio.com. I-N-N-E-R whispersradio.com. Are you there, Veronica? Mm, Yes,
0: we are. Good day to you.
1: Good day to you. Our first question is coming from Kat. Did Jesus have parallel lives? Well,
0: you have to remember that Jesus is a highly evolved, high-frequency energy with a more of a, an eternal perspective coming in and remembered who he was coming in. So by knowing what he wanted to have happen in the life that he had come in to live and participate in, there were you know, we don't see parallel lives around him on that one. Because he already knew that there was a full spectrum of stuff. He wasn't coming in lesser evolved or less high frequency. So he had an agenda coming in. He wanted to feel what it was like to incarnate. He wanted to have the concept of eternal love. There was a lot of negativity on the planet when he came in. He wanted to figure out how to help everybody, to give them a focus. He said that the The incarnational system is a mess here because all of these energies are, you know, running all over the place. And kind of, you know, same kind of stuff that is happening on your planet now. So that is why a lot of individuals are hoping that he shows up again. We think that he did not have the parallel lives at all because he was very, very focused upon what he wished to accomplish. And he didn't want to know what the alternatives were or the other choices were. He wanted to have the experience and he wanted to come in with an agenda of helping the human condition in the reincarnational process. That's why he came in. And he also wanted to drive home the message of eternal love, opportunity to create and manifest and positive energy into a world he felt at the time was a bit askew. So, no, we do not think he had parallel lives in that particular participation.
1: All right, our next question is coming from Shane. Could you give us information on star Star
0: seeds? Well, it is a popular concept in your culture, something that is valid and real. There are many of you who are incarnate on this planet that have not had experiences on other planets and other dimensional spaces there's a lot of new energy coming in traveling souls from other planets incarnate upon the earth plane to inspire and help heal the culture and they participate in this also with the evolution of the planet so star seeds don't really come in to participate in their own evolution. They come in to participate in the evolution of the planet. They come in to participate in the evolution of the culture in general. They come in to bring light. They come in to bring hope. And they come in to infuse a lot of you with energy that you might not have been able to create yourself. Star seeds. there's a lot of them that have come in, but there's also a lot of incarnates that have no idea what it is at all And other cultures. Now, in, if you look at other religions and stuff, there is sort of a reference to it, but starseeds are very much in the culture that is like the United States, Europe, things like that. And they come in from other places with knowledge that most of you don't have. And by using that knowledge, they can support and help the evolution of the planet and the incarnates upon it.
1: All right, our next question is coming from Janet. What was the star of Bethlehem that led the three wise men to the birth of Jesus? When
0: the energy that is Jesus incarnated upon the planet. It was the first time that an Eternal came in knowing what has happened and what will happen and being very present in it. There's a lot of stories and myths around the birth of Jesus. To say that these three wise men uh, were led by a star, we think it was probably more like a North Star and it was aligned with the energy of the Jesus energy coming in so it was brighter than usual now we know there's a lot of you know talk of okay it was an alien spaceship guiding them there and we say well no um at that particular time frame that wasn't a thing that would happen or that they would accept happening and it was the high vibration of energy by that eternal energy coming in that brightened everything. We think if if those of you now were to go to look into the sky at that particular time, you would see that the whole sky was brighter. All the planets and everything were brighter. But the energy of the Jesus coming in made that North Star 20, 30 times brighter than it had been. So we'd say very much that that's what it was at the time. And it did Help! It wasn't just three wise men. It was a little bit more of a collective than that because they saw it. And the more intelligent, the more evolved humans at the time wanted to know what it was. And that's what's been symbolized as wise men. They were men that had more um, abilities and experience than the other humans that were there at the time. So that's what it was. And Not an alien spaceship, not some sort of, you know, cosmic event. It was the energy of Jesus that was so eternal, so pure, that it sort of heightened the awareness and color and texture of the whole landscape.
1: All right, our next question. Dennis would like to know, can you possibly talk about portals? in general, for us.
0: All of you realize that the energy of the planet is held together by sort of like a grid kind of energy around the planet to keep the integrity of the planet in place. This causes, this can create sort of gaps in the energy grids around the planet, which in turn can create doorways, portals, into other dimensional spaces. There's not a lot of them, but they do exist. And if you find one, you should participate and find out how you can move from place to place. Some people can do it, some people can't. But we would say that portals do exist, and they're kind of spaces between the grids of energy that surround the planet. And they can be doorways and corridors to other places. So if you find one or you're told that you're sitting on one, explore it. There's nothing to fear from it. Only knowledge should be gained.
1: Okay, that was our last question, Veronica. If you'd like to take a break and come back and give the message to the world, that would be great. All right. Okay. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to the show today and um, interesting questions for sure. And as always, I always encourage you to write in to com. Are you there, Veronica? Yes, we are. Okay.
0: Well, the planet continues to spin. The solar system continues to operate. The ability to create your reality is also still in place. You are an incarnate, a highly evolved soul that has decided to come onto this planet to have experience. Decide that it is a good place. Do not judge the reality by... Those incarnates who are behaving improperly. Besides, you're going to behave and move through this reality with clarity, honesty, and a humble heart. And learn the lessons that are presented to you. Now, not all lessons are easy, not all lessons um, require, you know, opportunity. We think that it is time for all of you to realize that becoming on this planet is a gift. Now, we know there's a many of you that are rolling your eyes and saying, "Oh God, will you call this a gift?" Look at it as opportunity there's There's a saying that we heard, a little poem that says, "If you get lemons, make lemonade." It's what happens on the planet a lot of times. lemons will be dealt to you, negative things will happen. Decide you're going to use the energy of it to create something positive. Do not let yourself slide into the muck and mire of the negativity. Decide how you can use the energy to help people, to help yourself, and to evolve. By doing so, you are opening up a whole new avenue of opportunity. Don't run from negativity. Change negativity. And then use the energy of it for more positive endeavors. It is possible. Do not let yourself fall into that trap of saying, okay, I give up. There's so many negative things. And right now when you're all looking at the planet, you're going, oh, my God, you know, negative, 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 everywhere. Don't become part of it. Step back from it and say, no, I'm going to take the energy of this negative moment and I'm going to transform it with my positive energy into something better. That's what I'm going to do. Now, sometimes you may feel powerless in a huge universe like this and a large planet with so many different people and ideas and perspectives. And you say, well, I'm just one little person. You're not. You are an eternal being that has a vision that goes beyond this reality that you're in right now. Remember that. You are having an experience here. This is sort of like a opportunity to advance and grow not to become victim to it so stand up today and look anything that's negative look at it and say well what parts of this can be salvaged (laughs) what parts of this can i make better instead of running from it or becoming part of a slippery slope that leads you to drown in the negativity rise above it be the positive change and decide that you're not going to accept negativity You're going to transform it and not
1: become victim to it. Well, thank you, Veronica. A great message. And I want to thank everyone for listening to the show today. And we'll be back with you next week with more questions. Until then.